In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, Queen Blanche of Castile once famously told her son, King Louis, that she would rather see him dead at her feet than learn that he had committed a mortal sin. And what this strong Spanish mother realized and wanted to communicate to her son was the fact that spiritual death is much worse than physical death. Spiritual death is eternal. Physical death is, is temporary. Spiritual death destroys the whole of our person, whereas physical death only destroys our body. Spiritual death can only come from our own fault. But the physical death that we will experience does not really come from us. It comes from our first parents. So, in many respects, and we could say in almost every respect, the death of the soul is greater and worse than the death of the body. But the fact is that we are often much, much more concerned about our physical health than we are about our spiritual health. Let's face it, we're continually doing things to avoid dying physically, but we can be quite careless about falling into spiritual death. We've got occasions of sin, which are occasions of spiritual death, and we've got occasions of death, physical death, that are around us. We've got all kinds of occasions of physical death. There's, you can't help but living around dangerous things. I mean, you've got to have, for instance, knives in your kitchen. Um, but you, you, you make sure that you don't allow those knives to, to pierce your skin um, and, and so kill you. And everybody has to have bleach in their house. You need bleach to, to do your cleaning, um, to do your laundry, what have you. But you make sure you don't drink the bleach. Because if you drink the bleach, you die. So you, you definitely obey, avoid that occasion of physical death on a regular basis, even though you have it in close proximity in your house. Um, you know, you, sometimes we're, we're at places, we're, uh, we're at a high elevation, we're at a park or what have you, and, and we, we make sure we don't, we don't fall off the cliff, because then the, the breath would be taken out of our body. So there's definitely many occasions of physical death around us every day. And we systematically try to avoid them. But we're not nearly so careful with things of spiritual danger. We're also surrounded by tons of spiritual dangers, especially in a world that has no consciousness of sin or decency. And kind of exalts in placing before us, especially by means of our electronic devices, all manner of spiritual danger. So we have these personal technological devices around us, and they can call filth into our presence at the press of a button instantaneously, as it were. We have our entertainments, which can incite us to kill our souls by lust. We have our food and drink, which can draw us into gluttony. We have our many annoyances, the annoyances that might come on, on the road, at home, or at work, that, that might inflame in us the, the flame of anger and, and incite us to devour our souls by, by bitterness. We have these spiritual dangers around us, but we're not so worried about them. We're not nearly as worried about them as we are about physical dangers. We don't react nearly as quickly with the spiritual dangers as we do with 
the physical dangers. And the reason is that we do not hate spiritual death nearly as much as we hate physical death. That's the problem. The paralytic in today's gospel is, in fact, the symbol of showing that spiritual death is worse than physical death. The paralytic is a symbol, as everything in the gospel is meant to be a symbol of some spiritual truth. Here, the paralytic is a symbol of a person in a state of spiritual death, a symbol of what spiritual death does to our soul. It makes our soul crippled. Being a paralytic is just an old word for someone being crippled. It makes our soul crippled. Perhaps this man was a paraplegic, a quadriplegic. We don't know. Perhaps he was just paralyzed from the waist down. Perhaps he was paralyzed from the neck down. We don't know. But the fact was that he could not move. He had to have other people pick him up and carry him around. He had lost the good of self-movement. He could not move himself. So his friends have to bring him to our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is often the way it is with a soul who has plunged into spiritual death. The soul becomes numb to spiritual realities and finds it almost impossible to bring himself to our Lord Jesus Christ, who is life itself. If you cannot bring yourself to our Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot live. He is the life. So it's absolutely necessary to retain the power of spiritual self-movement, where we can direct ourselves to our eternal good, where we don't cripple ourselves by certain addictive behaviors, certain habits of sin. Sin makes it very difficult for us to approach God. That's the problem. This difficulty is also true for lukewarm Catholics. They find it harder and harder for them to perform their normal spiritual duties. The normal spiritual duties which would keep alive that life in their soul. They know they should be praying their rosary every day. They know they should be making efforts to get to daily mass, to confess their sins, to do spiritual reading. And in a certain vague way, they do want to do these things. They want to do what's best for their soul. But they can't move. That's the problem. They're crippled. They're paralyzed. They can't move. And slowly but surely, because they're not performing these spiritual activities, their soul dies because of lack of movement. The body atrophies. The the body of their spiritual organism atrophies. This is what happened to people who uh, are paralyzed. Their, 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 Their muscles atrophy. They shrink up over time because they're not being exercised. So the soul becomes shriveled up to the point that it cannot even feel itself anymore. It becomes insensitive to the things that are destroying it. It does not even realize it's being harmed. We know, again, that this is what happens to paralyzed people. They can't feel their limbs. And they may be bleeding, they may be cut, they may be injured in their limbs, and they, they don't realize it. They don't realize that their, their body is uh, suffering some lesion. It seems that this paralyzed man is indifferent to the things of the soul. He knows that our Lord is someone who has the power of healing. And our Lord comes up to him 
And instead of healing the man, he says, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the man says nothing. It's like he wasn't looking for that. He wanted the physical cure. He did not want the spiritual cure. He does not rejoice. He does not thank our Lord. And St. Peter Chrysologus says, the reason is he only cared for the healing of his body and not that of his soul. He did not realize that the spiritual death is the cause of physical death and that spiritual death is the worst death possible. The reason why we have to die is because of the sin of our first parents. And if we are to die forever, even though we've, we uh, have to die physically, it, it, there is that second death of dying forever. If we are going to die forever, it's going to be, be because of sin. So, St. Jerome says that the paralytic was crippled because of his sins. Again, he's a symbol of someone who's crippled by sin. And that's why you have this strange procedure on the part of our Lord, who doesn't start by curing the man's body, but rather starts by forgiving his sins. Our Lord had to remove the cause of the disease before curing the disease itself. And what is interesting for for us who are are here at at Mass today on on a Sunday, hopefully are practicing the faith, hopefully living our faith, is the fact that the paralytic had good friends. He had friends who had faith. And it was because of those friends that he was saved. He had reached a point where he couldn't help himself anymore. He was immobile in the spiritual order. But his friends had faith. And the gospel says that our Lord saw the faith of his friends. The friends knew the paralytic was in a bad state on the one hand, and on the other hand that our, our Lord could cure him. And this is... Often what happens to us, we know a lot of people who, who perhaps had the faith at one time are not practicing the faith as they, as they should, and our heart goes out to them, and we who still keep the faith, we must try to do what we can to restore to them the power of movement in the spiritual order. We have to find some way to carry them back to God, as it were. Many souls go to hell because there's no one to pray for them. If this paralytic did not have friends, he would not have been healed. Perhaps it would have been a short time when he would have died by his paralysis. He would have remained in his sins. He would not have regained the power of movement. But the friends have faith in our Lord. Our Lord sees the faith of the friends and he helps the paralytic because of the friends, because of this goodness on the part of the friends. The, this story, when it's recounted by St. Mark and, and, and St. Luke, um, they tell how the friends actually went up on the roof and removed the roof. You could do that back in the ancient times. You just have a thatched roof. It, was, it wasn't a tile roof with, with, uh, as, as we have here at the seminary. So they, they removed the roof and lowered the man into the presence of our Lord, taking desperate means in order to find a remedy. He had reached such a state that it took a lot of trouble to get him to our Lord. And friends of of fallen, uh, lapsed, or, or lukewarm Catholics must not give up hope 
in their prayers. Um, you may have you may have been praying consistently, but perhaps you should you should try something extra. Perhaps a novena for them. Perhaps some extra um, penance that that you could do in order to bring them back. For ourselves, it's it's very important that we do have this conviction that spiritual death is greater than physical death. That the spiritual order is much more important than the physical order. We have to ask ourselves, what what is our impression with this episode? Which was the greater miracle? Was it the forgiving of the sins of the paralytic, or was it the curing of the paralysis, which was greater? And it depends on which you think is more important, the things of the body or the things of the soul. Is it greater to cure the body or, for instance, to offer our Lord Jesus Christ on this altar? Is it greater to perhaps consume a meal that that you have prepared at home, a delicious meal, or is it greater to receive our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament? If we do not value the spiritual more than the physical, then we will not make sufficient efforts to take care of our soul. We will neglect our soul. Certain people who don't care so much about their health. Sometimes young people can be this way. They just think that they will live forever. And they might have some problem that's appearing. They say, oh, I don't, I don't need to go to the doctor. But because they neglect their health, it gets worse and worse. And we must have this this realization that the same is true for our soul. If we have, start to have a fever in our soul, such as we're living for the things of this world, we feel this passion for the things of the world, for superficial, temporal things. If, if we have wounded ourselves by falling into sin, if we become pale, weak, and enfeebled in our soul, that we find ourselves, it's very difficult to walk in the spiritual order, very difficult to perform spiritual acts. If we have any of these symptoms of a spiritual sickness, then we must visit a spiritual doctor. We must especially have recourse to the ordinary means of sanctification that are provided to us as Catholics. The sacrament of confession and the sacrament of communion. Those are the great means to get us back on our feet and uh, to make us ambulatory in the spiritual order. If visiting the doctor were a thing that required enormous effort, then it might make sense to wait. If you had to pay $5,000 to go to Holy Communion, if you had to pay $2,000 to go to confession, if you had to travel 1,000 miles to get to Mass, perhaps you could say, yes, you know, I really, really would like to do these things, but I just, I really can't afford it right now. I mean, there's just no way. I would, I would bring my, my, I wouldn't be able to eat. You know? and, um, it's too expensive to go to Mass. It's too expensive to clean my soul. It's too far. It's too far away. It would, it would, it would take me five days to get to Mass. You could, you could say these things. But in fact, as you know, our Lord, out of His mercy, has made these things extremely easy. He wanted to make it as easy as possible for you to take care of your soul. This miracle that's taking place today in the the gospel, where he just says, your sins are forgiven you. You can have this happen to you very easily. All you have to do is go into that box and tell the priest what you did. That's it. And then your sins are forgiven. It's this miracle from God that your sins are wiped away and your soul 
is made clean. Our Lord valued the spiritual health of your soul so much that He died for it. And so He's given you this very simple and easy means for you to take care of your soul. He wants the spiritual health of your soul much more than you do. And so He's given you... He's, he's asked you to do much, much less for, for the spiritual health of your soul than He did for the spiritual health of your soul. So we see in the end that the paralytic is cured. He gets off of his bed, which signifies his, his bodily pleasures, and he carries them. He's like triumphing over those, those bodily pleasures. He's, he's now carrying his pallet. Um, he's bearing the temptations of the flesh and the world instead of lying on them, instead of allowing those temptations to make him prostrate. And you, my dear faithful, you must... Try to do the same thing. You must commit yourself to the health of your spiritual organism. Take great care of your soul as your first concern. You must be generous with your own soul. This is the part of the duty to love ourselves. We have a duty to love ourselves and take care of ourselves. Take responsibility for our lives. Take responsibility especially for our spiritual lives. Be generous with your soul. Seek to come to Mass Every Sunday, seek to arrive on time at Mass. You can be here for the whole Mass. Seek to go to confession regularly. Seek to say your daily prayers and your daily rosary without fail. Avoid those things that put your soul in danger. Just as you would avoid getting cut by a knife in your kitchen, or you would, you would avoid drinking the bleach that's, that's in your laundry room. Avoid these things. I want to encourage you as well to be like the friends of the paralytic. If you, if you have um, friends or family members who, who have lost the faith, try to make great efforts for their souls. Your interest in their welfare can gain them heaven for all eternity. If you're able to restore them to movement in the spiritual order, you have gained for them a priceless treasure. And it's in this way, really, that that you will imitate our Lord and Our Lady, who, as I say, they gave their whole lives so that souls might have spiritual life and, and live forever. When you perform this work of bringing souls back to the faith, you're performing the work of our Lord and Our Lady. You are participating in the redemption of mankind. And there is, in a sense, no greater work than this. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.